0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: How much crack do you think John Terry is having in his life? <laughs> 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 That's the level of responsibility he's got going on in his life. Right? It's certainly not looking after Villa set pieces or defense. He's just, just having good crack.
3: No, he's looking after other things, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to make an innuendo there about John Terry.
2: Yeah, I don't think we dragged the show
3: into that <laughs> Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal with Aston Villa. That morning sky gave me a
1: look. So I left while you were sleeping.
2: That's all it took. No fight, no backlash, no zip, no bounce back ability, no plan, no bloody character. Every time Villa go behind, they get annihilated. That is a stat and a fact for this season and it's worrying. The last question I asked you, Liam, after the Leeds game was, are Villa fucked now? You try to play it down. <laughs> I can't see any other reason to think that that is not right. Villa look fucked. They, they look like they could just go on a terrible run. They already have essentially two two home games, which they might have been looking at winning. And they lost both of them, and lost both of them well. The only saving grace was that they got three goals today. Just, like how, how sad is that And I'm thinking about the, the goal difference? I was thinking, well, at least that's only that's only one, one dent in the goal difference. But it's it's not good. It was another chance for points, and they, they got hammered. I wouldn't mind if they lost, but they just got hammered again.
3: Yeah, it was an absolute shambles. And you tried to take the positive, saying they got three goals. But they got three goals only because they have Jack Grealish it wasn't projected it would have been nothing in that game to be proud of like it was it was terrible from start to finish except whenever Southampton stopped playing so fuck this we're going to get straight into whatsapp winches number one
2: these boys are the softest collection of gimps in the premier league And I, I just, like, what a bunch of wimps. Like, he just goes through, like, Conza got pushed over early on, created a chance for him. Louise got pushed over in halfway line, created a chance. Their fourth goal, Barkley, really bad touch. Just, just no bite or no fight to go get it back. Terori pulling up, going off on his big chance. Louise going down after running the ball out of play. Matt Target just missed tackles, <laughs> passing the buck, generally just looking overawed by another team with energy and another team here up for it. It's like, what? Well, like, what are you expecting? Like, Greenish, I thought it was soft for the penalty going down. Like, it probably still was a penalty, but he was overacting. He was doing that the whole game. Trezegui, straight after Watkins put the penalty away, runs into somebody after a restart and turns around and looks at the ref. It's just sad, soft gimps.
3: Yeah, it was, it was absolutely pathetic. And The one thing you would have guessed from looking at that team on, uh, on paper is that that's not what they are at all. I mean, you could not have convinced me that McGinn, Dougie and Barkley would be so tame in a game of football. They were, they were embarrassing tonight they, and, or this afternoon. They should be embarrassed. That was pathetic. And like, what, what were they doing? They were just getting run over the top of by Romeo and James Ward-Prowse. They made these boys look like they were unplayable footballers. It was absolutely pathetic.
2: And they were just scrambling like and it wasn't even like they were firefighting like because they, they they weren't close enough to firefight it was again yeah they were really surprised at the intensity of the premier league a good well-coached premier league team and then they just couldn't react to it because they weren't up for it like that was actually after this is their ninth game of the season including league cups and that was the first game that wasn't at night time and genuinely looked like they just hadn't hadn't woke up but if the Leeds game wasn't the same then i would have thought there was some something in that
3: yeah, but I, it was it was very very similar to the to the Leeds game. It was the same issue. They were neither pressing or nor were they compact. It was it was just baffling that like they were just wandering around the pitch asleep against a team who were running around like maniacs. And if you're not up for a game, you should you soon snap into it whenever the other team are all over the place because you have yeah. to you have to react you have to match them. That was it was so grim.
2: Uh, any new listeners who don't know what WhatsApp whinges are, basically it's just a chance for me. Like I would normally send Liam a stream of WhatsApps during games. He stopped writing back to me during matches because they're all just knee-jerk and and a little bit over the top. So um, I just put them to now during the podcast. So to, like, they are in real time. So this isn't actually my complete thoughts. I just want to qualify that before I give you the <laughs> second one. <laughs> Somebody needs to make Jack Grealish watch his last two games because it's not even that he hasn't been as good as he thinks he is. He hasn't even been as good as Trezegui. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jesus, that is, that is is knee-jerk. Villa only had one player tonight. And they did a lot better in the second half of getting, getting Grealish free. They started overloading the right-hand side so they could switch it to him. But that should obviously be a tactic that Villa have. They have to free up Grealish. Now, I know there's the other teams are obviously trying to close them down, but that was the most frustrating thing. There are four players on Grealish. So that means Villa have three, three players. Where the fuck are they? Where, like, they? They're just standing there watching Grealish get surrounded. That's what I'm saying about the,
2: the buck passing. Like, you know, I, I don't mean that about people pointing a finger. I mean, generally, me, like, ball passing, they're just, they're passing the ball away, like, and none of them are doing anything with it, even though some of them are free. Like, we, we know targets, obviously, chief suspect for that.
3: Yeah, but there's so many times where they just roll the ball to Grealish and then stand still. Yeah. Let's see what he does now, and then we'll move once he gets past four players. The, like, the, I will play devil's advocate
2: because, like, Obviously, when your output is two assists and a goal, you've done well again, which is what we want from Jack Grealish. But he wasn't good for most of the game. For the first 70 minutes, I'd say he was actually bad. Like, not even, like, bad by Grealish's standards. He was just bad. And, like, he showed that petulance again that he was shown during the Leeds match. He was moaning at the ref again. He, he was looking for soft freeze, And his head went down as soon as Villa went the goal down. And, like if you go back to that sort of Christian personal line about Grealish and he, he's a face and the heart and the soul of Aston Villa then Aston Villa can never go behind because he's not the same player when things are going wrong
3: no well uh, we mentioned this last week as well there's there's a real worry about this Villa team that they've got a yellow streak in them they they can't go behind and maybe the reason they can't go behind is because their talisman stops playing well but yeah. I, I don't think so like I'm sure you'll come on to them, but McGinn, Barkley, and Dougie were absolutely dreadful. And this is this is an England international wannabe. This is Scotland's best player and a Brazilian centre midfielder. Like they were, oh, they were fucking great whenever Southampton went four 0 up and stopped playing. Yeah. But they literally needed the opposition to not be playing football anymore before they were any good. That was really frustrating because you saw then for that last 20 minutes, oh, they,
2: these boys are good. Or Louise, especially. Barkley had a couple of nice moments and it was like, where, where was this when the game was in the balance?
3: Conan, everybody's fucking good when they're not playing against anybody.
2: Yeah. Well, number three is sort of like pointing a finger a little bit. Dean Smith is far too fucking nice. <sighs> <Are>
3: yeah, you... <laughs> is, it, is, it is it a question of him being too nice? Maybe he could have reacted. I I had much bigger problems with trying to figure out what Villa were doing. I mean, even before Villa went 3 0 down, like, what were they doing? Like, was Villa's attacking game plan lofting balls mm. into the opposition half or giving it to Grealish and watching what he does? There was no patterns, there was no movement. What were they trying to do? Have, have Villa decided, how have Villa decided they're going to try and win games? Well, are, are are they a long ball team? But playing with five ball playing midfielders, five purported ball playing midfielders, like I, I don't know what the, what they were doing. They were lofting balls and then standing there.
2: It's it's almost like I'm going to give him a pass on that because we've seen we've seen them cut teams open and and play well, you know. So, you know, and again, yes, he needs to react when things aren't going well, but obviously, he doesn't want them lofting the ball, but then it comes back to like the attitude and the pits that they're coming to the, the field with. And like he, he brushed off the Leeds' destruction by saying it's 45 bad minutes all season and I'll take that. But, but it wasn't 45 bad minutes to start off with. It was 45 atrocious minutes that should have had alarm bells sounding everywhere. And then the next 45 minutes after that was another three-goal tanking. So essentially in 90 minutes, they conceded six goals and got fucking pummeled. And I was just wondering, like, if if that was his reaction to the Leeds match. And yes, in the in the macro level, it's like, well, we we've, we've won four and lost one. But it was it was terrible. We needed to tell people that they needed to come into this game tonight with or today with a, you know, like that's not going to happen again. And there was just nothing of that sort.
3: Well, like, if he doesn't if he doesn't want them lofting balls, then he has to give them options to get out of situations. Now maybe the players were standing around too much themselves. But if he doesn't want them lofting balls, he has to tell Dougie where to be whenever Mings has got the ball. He has to tell McGinn where to be whenever Dougie gets that ball from Mings. This has to all be arranged beforehand. Now, there's obviously some in-game management from the from players on the pitch. But like you know, Dean Smith has to take responsibility for Villa getting out of situations, particularly from the back to the forward line. I mean, that's that's Dean Smith's job is to get the ball to Ollie Watkins. Number four,
2: Villa have a set-piece crisis.
3: Well this, uh, this is the other thing I was trying to trying to think about the game dispassionately at half time like what were the positives the positives were that villa conceded three goals and there were three goals because James ward price has a brilliant right foot like like villa, villa weren't the better team but like you know they still only conceded some three set pieces well
2: this is actually funny you're stepping on my number five whatsapp wins which is also villa have a set piece crisis um (laughs) so i mean an attack to start off with yeah we'll get on to no let's let's do the Southampton goals first yeah so that was going to be number five villa have a set piece crisis because every goal apart from Ings's one in the end was from a set piece like the first the first goal that was rolled out for Vardick, not even an inch in it, was a free kick, headed goal. Another one, free kick, headed goal, and then two James Ward Price free kicks. Goal, 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 goal. So, in a way, yes, two good strikes from Ward Price, but two headers that went in from. Like, I, I know, right, that was a good position for their first goal the, from the free kick that Ward Price whipped in, but it where the header was headed in from. Do you, do you know what I mean? It shouldn't like that. Shouldn't be a chance from there, from no. where the free kick
3: was. No, 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 I I have a huge problem with that goal. I mean, like, the the offside goal. His arm was a mile offside. So let's you know, <laughs> let's be clear about that. But the Southampton's first goal. <laughs> like I have nothing against Zona Markin, but you know you can't just stick to it rigidly. This is a situation where you absolutely have to have a bit of in-game management from the players. Yeah. I mean, like, and I'm I'm not even asking for incredible. Football insider, football intelligence. Yannick vestigar is six foot six. I'm not using hyperbole there. He's six foot six, and he's mm. standing next to John McGinn at five foot eight. They're Who is right- standing right beside Konza? Yeah, so exactly. Done- not a big shift, but there, there, there might be something happening here, lads. James Ward voices yeah. over a set piece, and their six foot six centre half is standing next to your five foot eight centre midfielder. Yeah. React to that, and the, 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 Konza has to come closer to that. Like Konza is blocking off the back post, fair enough. But he has to come a lot closer to that. I think in that situation, whenever they've got a six foot six defender in the box, you nearly have to put two men on him. Like one option is John McGinn's arse and Konza, but it can't be just John McGinn.
2: But but this is it. But this is what you're talking about: in game management. Like, like you can you can keep the zonal thing if you want. But like, yeah, put Kanza into that zone now, and put John McGinn into Kanza's free zone. Like, just just little cop ones like that. Obviously, that ball is going to him. Yeah. John McGinn's standing underneath him, and again, like that. That that's a worry. That that's part of the set piece crisis that I'm talking about. Just not being able to fix that when you have time. When they're setting up, when Vestigard is standing there above in nobody's sniffing that out Where's Martinez even Ming's too busy looking good and trying try not to be to be part of this collapse like we, we mentioned last week so somebody needs to be grabbing that and and fixing it but I, I don't know if there's anybody in the team to do that well
3: Tyrone Mings obviously fancies himself as that player because he's constantly whinging and pointing at all other people but yeah like Tyrone Ming should be mark Vestegaard. like you know he's on Khan's side but you have to switch you have to swap your two center halves there like, Theron Mings is a lot closer to Vestergaard in terms of physicality. The cons is a big man, like, but he's not Yannick Vestergaard. You have to put Mings over there. Mings has to go over there himself. You're right. Like, he has to take responsibility there, and he didn't, which is which is worrying for somebody who struts around the pitch, demanding respect. And and then
2: the other part of that crisis is just the naivety. We'll get into these later, but the naivety to give away two free kicks 20 metres out, right in the centre of the goals. Like, Again, not even thinking that this could be trouble, they're they're trying to save a situation, but they're, they're basically giving them a really really good chance, and that just sort of spreads through the team. Then, like it's it's evident when they're setting up their defense for a free kick, and it's evident when they're playing like in those positions. Um, but from an attacking point of view as well, uh, this week, Greenish and Barkley come on down. It's your chance to try out some corners and free kicks. It was Target and McGin last week. This week, Greenish and Barkley. Every time I watch this now, I'm, I'm pining for Connor Harrahan, who hasn't featured since Ross Barkley was
3: signed. What is this about? Like, and the, the most the, the most annoying thing about this, I know Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish can whip a corner into the box. Yeah. So why are they not doing it? Why are they floating it in? You know that one Grealish is often hitting it with his instep. What are you doing? Put your big toe on that. Yeah. Put that into the box with a bit of a bit of threat and a bit of dip on it. Just floating it into the back post. Again, I've said his name far too often in the first fifteen minutes of the show. But they've got Yannick Vestergaard at center half. <laughs> if we float a ball into the box, he's gonna win it.
2: Yeah, Grealish Grealish hit him with his instep, often getting cut out at the front post. Or he, he tried a couple where he was slicing through it and you know it was hanging up like but not even hanging up in a I remember Rassi Westwood used to hit a couple of nice ones for Benteke to go up and get? Hmm. They were just like they were floating, he was slicing across it and floating them into there, And as you say, Southampton were, were eating them up. Barclays, Barclays had a couple of good ones later on, but another worry about this is that Grealish and Barkley are players that you want involved in the box. Grealish has scored three volleys from the age of the box from corners. Mm. Am I right in thinking that? At least two anyway. Yeah. you know, you need this guy involved there.
3: Or... Well, yeah. There's there's two there's two schools of thought on that. What I don't want to see, sorry, just to sidetrack. What I don't want to see is is Ollie Watkins going out for a short corner under no yeah. circumstances. I know they got a, a chance from that, but like, absolutely get rid of that. That just shows you how how ad hoc it had become. They were just you know making stuff up on the cuff. Like set pieces need to be worked out beforehand. But um, gre- yeah, you probably do want Greely around the edge of the box, but. So few goals are actually scored from set pieces that you you want your best striker of the ball on it as well to give you the best chance because it's really hard to score from a corner despite what people think it's really easy for Fulham to concede from them apparently but it's really <laughs> hard to really hard to score from them so you actually need your best striker of the ball out there and it ha- Jack really has to hit the corners and he has to whip them in if Connor Herrera's not there.
2: All right, last one before we get on this, into the categories. That they could genuinely lose every single game handsomely for the rest of the season. Like. <laughs>
3: I'm being serious. Well, yeah, they were like, you know, that's <laughs> that's the type of thing that I'm glad I've got uh, this podcast for now, so I don't have to be reading these fucking WhatsApps coming through. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Honestly, like
2: again, like, and this is Leeds and Southampton. I went into the. The Liverpool and Leicester game, thinking the Villa could get something, and the last two matches, I was hoping that they wouldn't get hammered, and and that's how it unfolded both times. Like they they got hammered, and I, there there was an inevitability about it, and and then once it starts going bad, like once they go behind, like we said, they well they lose every game they they go behind when they get well beaten, and the wheels just come off emphatically, and everyone starts panicking and making mistakes, and yeah. I... I, I am worried that if, if teams keep putting it up to them, which they will because we're in the Premier League, except Fulham, then Villa will just, it's just, it's just go into free fall.
3: Well, that, that, that's not going to happen. But anyway, if I was a manager now, yeah, I would be sending my team out, like get in their faces because they do not like it up them. Like, you know, yeah. first five minutes, all over them, swarm all over them because those three lads in the middle of the pitch despite what they look like despite the running power and energy they have they don't want it they don't want you blocking them they don't want you charging them down they, they, they don't want any pressure they want to be able to float around the fucking pitch
2: i said it to you after the leicester match It was good against liverpool but then he, and he scored that cracker against leicester but i said ross barkley doesn't like it up him and
3: he fucking doesn't he ross barkley was was good against liverpool had a bad start to that game, then became good whenever Villa started comfortably winning the game, and then he was bad against Leicester, scored a screamer and he was diabolical the last two games
2: let's get into some awards Roy Keane thinks Scott Parker is a dweeb (laughs) in one single moment your whole life can turn round I stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground looking uh, Roy Keane thinks everybody's a dweeb <laughs> well, his caved in, proper sorry frown please let me show you where we could only just be for us i, can show I just thought every time he cut back from parker being interviewed for some reason he's been interviewed two or three times before the game an and uh, us, uh talking shit and obviously and, <laughs> and every time we cut back it looking roykeem is holding on a lash And it looked like, you know, Carrigar had that little knowing look that he has sometimes, you know, when he knows what somebody's laughing at or whatever.
1: He's
3: a proper football bloke, you know, and he, he tries to pretend that he's intelligent as well, so then pretentious football writers can get behind him. Scott and Roy Keane, just, that's absolute fodder for Roy King, you know, he, he, he snuffs that out immediately, he HATES bullshit and you're right, he HATES Scott Parker Like, even at the end of that game, the story isn't fucking Scott Parker The camera's on Scott Parker's face Aston Villa have just climbed into the Champions League places never to be dislodged, that's the story it's not fucking Scott Parker getting spanked again.
2: All right. You let Glenn Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award. We've already mentioned it. John McGinn marking Vesigar from a corner. On what planet does that happen? We don't need to get into it too
3: much, but like, come on. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Uh, like even, even Villa should be... Uh, we mentioned the players need to have a bit of in-game management there, but surely being sent out onto that pitch, John Terry is saying, by the way... John Yannick Vestegaard plays for Southampton, so you know you might want to watch him at a corner, or free kick, or anytime he's on the fucking pitch because he's massive. You can't miss him. He's the big lad there who's standing next to that <laughs> little fort. Yeah, like the only thing you don't want to happen here today
2: is for John McGinn to be Mark Vestergaard. If I can, <laughs> if I can tell you one thing when you go out there, make sure that doesn't happen or Matt target. Make sure that doesn't happen.
3: <laughs> oh, that's pathetic. Yeah, that, that, I'll be surprised if there's a, if there's a worse one than that. But let's go two subs
2: one a right back i I don't care about the lack of options villa were getting fucking hammered they were four nil down could have been way more and you know anything would have been better like any change any new player like the game was gone anyway like mix it up like get somebody else in there make a statement just try something there was nothing again
3: yeah well okay so he, he had his best team out right and they were 3-0 down. So he's given them his best chance to win the game is with his best players on the pitch. So he sends them back out. They go 4-0 down. Then Villa start dominating the game because Southampton are just, you know, thinking about what they're going to have for dinner. And then it's like, well, what's the point? Like, you know, I might as well, at this stage, I might as well leave on my best players because Southampton aren't playing anymore. I don't need to change anything. We're going to win the rest of this game. So maybe maybe that's what his thinking was. I don't know. It's it is surprising, but I mean Villa did win did win 3-0 after that, you know, at the point where you would have been really demanding changes. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. He doesn't have any options. Southampton aren't playing anymore. What's the fucking point? Like we'll just we'll just keep on our best players and see if anything can happen.
2: I would say the fact that Southampton wasn't weren't playing anymore was more reason to put on Hurrihan. They're all sitting back. You don't need to worry about whatever concerns you have about him. Like they're all sitting back. The two, the three boys in midfield are playing terribly. He's got an amazing left foot. He can score a goal from open play. He can whip a ball in from any set piece. Do you know that? That was just one change, what I would like to have seen.
3: Yeah, like yeah, and you're right because McGinn and Barkley were so god awful. Then maybe you, maybe you could have brought on her hand, or maybe you should have. He actually should have brought on her hand. You're right. You've you've won me over.
2: So Barkley and McGinn shit again. uh, The next. One up for the next nomination for this award. Four three three again. It didn't. It didn't suit them the last day. They like Barkley playing on the left, McGinn playing on the right. Whereas against Liverpool, they went four two three one. McGinn and Louise were amazing, holding it. Barkley was really good on the number ten. They did change it in the second half. That wasn't the reason things turned around. Um, that was just like Southampton sitting back, as you say. So by the time they made a change, it was too late. I just don't understand how the four three three happened again after getting. So so much destroyed against Leeds, um, but then it being allowed to happen after getting run over time and time again by Southampton. There's no plan B. It's, a, it's like if plan A doesn't work, make sure it fucking works. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think it, it is bizarre because they were, they were being strangled in there. I mean, the, the three midfielders were all individually playing dreadfully, but they had no... They had no help. They had no help from this island. They had no reaction. They, they, needed, they needed something else to happen because it was, they were being boxed off. They were being completely dominated. And yeah, they needed they needed help. But they needed to fucking help themselves as well. Like I said, this is an England international, a Brazilian international and Scotland's best player. Fucking up your game. Like it's James Ward-Price and Oriol Romero. Oh. Like get a grip. Like, you know, there's a, bit of, there's a lot of responsibility on those players as well. Like, tactics obviously help a huge amount. That's why managers are so important. But, like, you know, come on. Like, you know, just front up to James Ward-Prowse. You're all better than him. The three of them are better than James Ward-Prowse. Play better than him. Match his level of intensity. It's pathetic. They, they they made a hero out of him t- today, and he was running around
2: with his chest out. It was it was frustrating yeah. to watch.
3: I mean, I, I, but I think you're right. I think Villa could have done all their things. They sh- they probably should have brought Jack Grealish more into the middle and tried to mm. box off the midfield a little bit. Went maybe maybe went McGinn and Dougie behind Barkley and Grealish. They they should have tried something. Yeah, they could have even gone four two 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 and brought on Davis. I don't know. Yeah.
2: And this is like this is it? Like I think we've sort of fallen into this. You're you're right. Like this, these are Villa's best players, but but Davis isn't a mug, and neither's is Hurricane. You know they've been part of big performances for Villa, and they're just they're just not even being thought of anymore. It's like Dean Smith is turning around and thinking that bench is giving me fuck all.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's it must be it must be incredibly annoying to be those lads just watching that every week. Like you know that's. That's two games in a row now where Barkley should have been taken off. Even just to to tell him to, you know, I've got all our options here. I don't need to pick you every week. Yeah, And like, imagine me and Davis and just seeing Trezegade. Just on the pitch, non-stop. Like. What, like, what is the point? Like? Uh,
2: Ollie Watkins taking throw-ins. <laughs> Like, that happened three times I think like again I know you're trying to get a sense of urgency but it shows that you're out of position and it's, as you said ad hoc it shows how you made up everything is as, as you're going along
3: yeah I like uh, the last you're not going to score goals by losing your discipline that's the other thing that's really annoying about that I mean as I said their <laughs> managers are very important systems and patterns of play matter a great deal and they're the best way to score goals you're your centre forward running out to get short corners, running out to take throw-ins, like all this stuff is just absolute nonsense. They're playing against professional defenders, you know. <laughs> They're not absolute idiots. Like you know, this that sort of stuff just can't happen. You have to have discipline, even when you're getting hammered. So
2: who do you got? John McGinn, Mark Investigard, two subs, 4-3-3, or Ollie Watkins taking throw-ins.
3: I, actually, it has to be it has to be McGinn, Mark Investigard. That was pathetic. Yeah, I agree.
2: Actually, Westwood, oh, he was playing award. I've got two nominations. You can just shout it. Two nominations is probably kind. John McGinn, I, I, you know, we mentioned him loads and how anonymous he was, but I genuinely don't think he got the ball under control the whole match. I, I saw him a bit more in the second half, but the ball was always bouncing and he was trying to hook it or, or get it down and it was just always under pressure. He just yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't at it.
3: No, and yeah, whenever he read out his name there, I was a bit surprised. But yeah, you're right. The first seventy minutes he wasn't playing. But the reason I know he 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 shouldn't be nominated for this award because he was so terrible in the last mm. twenty minutes. He was all over the place. Like his his hands were nearly on the ground a lot of the times, you know, because he was just stumbling along. Yeah, he was, he was diabolical. But like that's that's a part of the problem as well. He's he's getting the ball. And then there's three Southampton players lighting on him. Where is he? Where are his outballs? Like Villa were just all standing watching their individual players get the ball. It was all it was all one pass. Yeah. Like, give the ball to McGinn, let's see what he does. It's like McGinn's got the ball. Move. You ha- like football is a very simple game if you've got options. Like all brilliant brilliant passers of the ball are made to look brilliant because they've got options all over the pitch. Like if, you, if you can just pass it to somebody, you're going to look like you've got a brilliant, brilliant passing range because you've got all our players. Like the most important player on the pitch to keep possession isn't the player in possession. It's everybody else on the pitch. It's like John McGinn was getting sold down a river time and time again the last 20 minutes, but he was, he was terrible. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't start swimming himself. Do you,
2: do you know what some summed that up? That, that's what you're talking about, the players not looking for the, the ball. It was the throw-ins, how, how tough Villa found it to get throw-ins away. And there was, a, there was a moment in the first half where Matt Target had one on the left. And, and McGinn, and this is probably why it's always unfair to ever compare McGinn to Westwood because he'll still always keep looking for it. And he made the run, nobody else was running. So target throws at him around the middle of the pitch. McGinn runs over the top of the ball. And then Southampton comes straight <laughs> and forward again. And I was thinking, but even if he got that under control, like, everybody else was just standing watching. There was a boy chasing after him. So even if he got it under control, his arse would have had to perform some sort of magic. Do you know, it was like, this, this isn't clear what Villa have to do now because everybody they're not looking, I don't know, how, how have they got to the stage? It's because they won four games and now they've got someone to hang on to and they're afraid to lose.
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe. There was actually another, there was one in the second half as well where the ball went out and, and Grealish demands, demands the throw-in from target. And I don't mean demands the ball from the throw-in, I mean demands to take the throw-in. It was, it was baffling. And, <laughs> And then he throws it inside to McGinn. And McGinn's got three players on him. And sure enough, Villa lose the ball again. It's just such strange decision-making. I mean, your head gets scrambled whenever you're 4-0 down. Let's that's not, that's not, you know, pretend that doesn't happen. But it was just,
2: it was bizarre. I mean, just stop going 4-0 down is the other thing. <laughs> like, just, like, You're not going to stay up with 12 points. Like, if that's what they're thinking, they're not. <laughs>
3: I don't know. Mate, Fulham are absolutely dreadful.
2: Yeah, they'll come 19 for 12 points, but they, but they won't <laughs> stay up. Um, Matty Cash for the Ashley Westwood Award. Like, where's where's this classy winger that we were all excited about? And he showed it in the first couple of games. He had a lovely right foot, got forward really well, fast. I can't remember the last time Matt Cash got forward.
3: Yeah, I. Southampton were all over Villa in the first half is the other thing. like They were under a lot of pressure. The, the back line was under a lot of pressure because the midfielders were non-existent. So I don't think he had as many options to get forward as you would like. I certainly don't think Matt Cash was anonymous. Like What was he doing handling that ball for the for Southampton's second goal? Or goal for the third goal? Like The ball is about to drop to Theo Walcott at the edge of the box. Let him have it! Liam, like Theo Walcott? Liam,
2: Liam, I need to share these production notes with you. <laughs> <laughs> the next award is the Peter Inkelman What the Fuck award. Yeah. And I have Matt, Matt Cash risking a straight red because he was worried Theo Walcott was volley in from 20 yards.
3: <laughs> but then, the, yeah, it was so strange. Like, whenever I saw that happening, I was like, what? If, he didn't put his hand up there? What, what, like, you know, can, can I smell toast or something here? Am I having a stroke? The yeah. ball is, like it's dropping to Walcott. He's, <laughs> he's almost certainly not gonna control it. And if he does, he's definitely not gonna score. Yeah. And even if he could score, you're you're not far away
2: from him. So just turn around and go after him.
3: Yeah, well exactly. Like yeah, like, you've got plenty of chances there. Get on his touch. But the the other thing is as well, like we're not, you know, make sure McGinn doesn't get isolated with Yannick Vestergaard. Make sure you don't give away silly free kicks at the edge of the box. Because James ward Price is absolutely brilliant at free kicks. That's another thing that they all should have had ringing in their ears as they go on out, as they were going on to the pitch. And there's no sillier free kick to give away than jumping into the air and handling a ball that Theo Walcott isn't going to control before he lashes it wide <laughs> with his left foot after a terrible first touch. Well, who you got for the IC Westwood
2: Award? Maybe maybe Bertrand Ferrari should be added in there. I know he went off after 29 minutes, but...
3: Yeah, but he did nothing great. before that, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably give it to Trory because because you could definitely see that Matty Cash was on the pitch because of that handball and you could definitely see that John McGinn was on the pitch because of that last 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, the Peter Enkelman, what the fuck award, we? we mentioned Matty
2: Cash, like that that was baffling and the only other nomination I had <laughs> and you've touched on it, Douglas Luiz does it again, foul in the middle of the pitch, I mean, cent- centrally, um, 20 yards out when there's two defenders there in front of him he just can't help himself like if this happened one time and I like think we talked about it against Leicester when he, he fouled Madison but Madison was one-on-one at least D- you know but but again he's just come in behind somebody and tripped him when when they, he's there to put a tackle on himself and there's two people in front of him instead he's given them a set piece he's pushed every Villa player 10 meters out of the way and he's given it to yeah, as you say, James Ward-Prowse. Does nobody know that Southampton have a good free kick taker? So we should avoid giving them unnecessary freeze at the edge of the box.
3: Unnecessary freeze at the edge of the box, right centrally, and so we can hit it anywhere he yeah. wants. Um, yeah, like maybe this is maybe this is just going back to Dougie's on dying confidence in himself. Where he just thinks he can win every ball, no matter what's happening. I don't know. He's he's incredibly rash and just yeah, so stupid, so stupid.
2: I felt so bad on Martinez trying to set up that wall uh, the second time because it was like yeah, it was dead center. So he's he's put the wall sort of centrally as well. He's gone to one side, but like you can't you can't cover the goals from from that position. There's no way of doing it, and no. it's a lovely strike from Ward Price, but. Martinez has he just stand there like a sausage, looking at it again.
3: Yeah, like he's in, he's in trouble. Like it, it's it, because War Price strikes a ball so well. If he gets it over the wall, it, it's it's almost certainly going in. Watkins doesn't jump; it goes over his head, and he doesn't he doesn't jump. Everyone else in the wall jumps, which is slightly annoying. But you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Like if he gets it over the wall and it goes into the top corner against a brilliant goalkeeper, well done.
2: It has to be Matt Cash, though, right? Because yeah, not only are you giving away a goal with that foul, but you've risked like he could have got sent off there. And yeah.
3: it was Theo Walcott was the punishment at the other side. Yeah, but like what's what's more dangerous, Theo Walcott controlling a ball, or James ward price with a free kick from twenty-one yards, mm. and Villa with ten men for the rest of the game. Well, yeah, exactly. Like the, it was Cash certainly wasn't in the box there because it looked it was really tight. Yeah, like, that it was was. silly, it was so stupid. Yeah, like it has to be that. It has to be him.
2: The Vimin meter going down a lot of them, but barkley and
3: McGinn jump out at me. Anybody else? Uh, Barclay and McGinn, absolutely, definitely. The rest of them, I don't know. No, you, no, I don't think so. I think they, they're definitely going down, and I'd be very surprised if anybody's going up. I've got one
2: definite going up, and
3: I've, got, <laughs> I've got one. I want to ask you, I want to
2: ask your permission, um, <laughs> but I'm not even. Ugh. I think he's not going down, just Trezeguet.
3: Yeah, I mean, Trezeguet got a bit unfortunate that... We said this last week, when is Matt Target going to cross a fucking ball again? And he crossed twice to Trezeguet, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. And Trezeguet has the same shot. He had the same shot three times in the match. Yeah. It was baffling. I felt a bit sorry for him because, you know, he struck them all fairly well. He did, yeah. And... They can go in, Vestigar puts in a brilliant, I have to stop saying Vestagar, puts in an absolutely brilliant block for one of them, Keeper adjusts his feet well for one of them, um, and then the other one, yeah, he catches it well, or catches it okay, and the Keeper saves it, but it was okay, he just doesn't have it, Conan, so yeah, he's staying still in the volume of me.
2: Yeah, he's actually, he's definitely not going up, because I just remembered that he committed 104 fouls in 60 minutes in that game and it was that like i don't know if it was 104 but it was something close to that like you know especially when you're 4-0 down or 4-1 down 4-2 down like transigate is running behind someone and bundling them over and it's like what are you doing like every time it was so stupid and again nobody seemed to be annoyed at him like really we just turn away and sort of like that that just made me more annoyed at everybody then you know because every time transigate did that somebody should have been on him and yeah say, what like we we had them but yeah. nobody seemed to care. They just all walked back and shrugged back until Southampton ran past them and then they all had to react.
3: Of all the things in this world that I get irrationally annoyed at, it's whenever Aston Villa are losing and somebody runs into the back of a defender and lets him just yep. fall down with his knees on top of the ball. That is yeah. the most frustrating thing anybody can watch.
2: I, I, I can't believe people fall for like, that, exactly Imagine that's Villa in the lead 4-0 or 4-2, 4-3 when it's getting, it's getting close. Like, it's exactly what you want. You want want the foul. It'll waste a few seconds. You're down and you're the referee talking to somebody. They're frustrated. You all push back forward up the pitch. They all have to push back. The keeper comes out. Like, you're wasting a good minute and a half there that's not getting added on. And Villa just
3: handed it to him every time. Yeah, but like, a referee has never not given that foul as well. Like, just stand off. it's a centre-half stuck in the corner. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, (laughs) let him make the decision. Yeah, that's that's so annoying.
2: Uh, Going up, the the one person I have gone up,
3: Tyrone Mings. Uh, Yeah, okay, go on, you're going to have to talk me around, I think. (laughs) He,
2: I I thought he made a a good few tackles. He he broke out well a few times, like breaking the, the first, The first challenge, I suppose, he got the goal. He like just when it was four, he got he he had a really good block early on. Actually, when it was nil nil, he got a couple of crucial interventions when they could have just broken away. Ings, especially, was just looking looking like he was definitely going to get another goal at that stage. I thought he was the one, yeah, decent performance. You know, if I was doing match ratings, he he might even be over six, and like nobody else would be near six.
3: Well, J- Jack Grealish was well as best player, but
2: <laughs> yeah, but like he's obviously a separate. Written, <laughs>
3: he's on a separate scale. Yeah, um, Terone, like it's it's hard to judge. Am I happy with Tyrone Mings making box to box runs? I don't. I don't think I am. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care what the scoreline is. Like that's that's not a good thing to be to be bringing into the game. <laughs> I would, like, Fair enough if he if he skins a center forward who's closing him down like an idiot which you know Shane Long and before that Ings will do but don't keep going to like you know pass it off to one of your midfielders and then stay back because we've already conceded four goals the last thing we need to do is to lose our discipline in defense and also as well I think Tyrone, Tyrone Ings because he's because he fancies himself as a leader and because you know, he's an expensive signing, he's a big name centre-half, he plays for England, he he has to be more responsible for the shambles that that team was as well. He has to be dragging players into position. He has to be forcing Barkley to come back. He has to be tucking Kansa over towards McGinn. He has to smell all this danger. There's a lot of responsibility in his shoulders and I don't think he delivered on it. Staying
2: still, Tyrone Mings <laughs> and, and Trezegui. Everybody else is going down. Obviously, Grealish isn't included in the Weimann meter ever because um, he's above that. Questions we can't answer but probably will. Do you think Ross Barkley regrets changing his Twitter bio?
3: <laughs> I think you might have to give people a bit of context for that. <laughs> so,
2: when he first joined and he looked miserable when he joined, he uh, it said Chelsea player, all known at Villa. He didn't even tag Villa in it, and then they beat Liverpool. He looked, he looked happy enough that they beat Leicester. Obviously, his last minute goal, and he was buzzing. And suddenly, out of nowhere, it was Aston Villa and England player. I don't, know where, I don't know where he was taking liberties with. It. Um, so it was like, yeah, no mention of Chelsea. He changed his picture. It's not, it's not Chelsea based. He uh, he seemed happy to be at Villa after the two first wins, but now. He,
3: he sees the real Villa. <laughs> I don't know if he likes it. He sees the real Villa. He's out the biggest problem the last two games. He has been fucking dreadful. He he mightn't be happy to be at Villa anymore, but I, I'm certainly not happy for him to be there. He has got a lot of making up to do after the last two games. He has been diabolical. And it's he, re- it's made it all the more frustrating because I know Ross Barkley thinks he's brilliant. But fucking play, brilliant then. He is Villa. He's everything. That's, that's the problem
2: of the good, but they're just not they're not delivering. Yeah. How much crack do you think John Terry is having in his life? <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll give you a story here. We used to have a, in Joe, we had a football show called Liquid Football, and they played this game one time where they had, like, I think they had John Walters on, Steve Sidwell, and maybe Wes Brown. They were all just sitting around on a panel show, and they played this game where they were FaceTiming, People like who who could FaceTime the most famous footballer on their on their phone. So Steve Sidwell tries John Terry. John Terry answers straight away. He's no idea what's going on. And he just starts celebrating down the phone as well with Sidwell. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got his fist clenched and he's like, Yeah, cheering back. Because Sidwell's delighted because he's obviously won the game. And then Terry's just like happy to be there. And then he starts turning his phone around and he shows the the tactics and stuff that's up on his wall in, in the villa office, and he's like, "All right, mate." And then said, "Well, like, right, right. I'll chat to you later." And he goes, "Okay." And, he hangs up. and it's just like that's the level of responsibility he's got going on in his life. It's right? certainly not looking after villa set pieces or defence. He's just just having good crack.
3: No, he's looking after other things, isn't he? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, that's it. You have nothing else to add to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were gathering your thoughts there about to give me some John Terry wisdom. But like that's it. He's, he's just I, I don't know what he's doing. I think I complained uh at the start of the year about his pre-match huddles because obviously they weren't doing anything. He was getting a lot of credits in the last couple of weeks, everybody talking about Villa's defense after restart. Dean Smith mentioned them recently in a in an interview about John Terry working with the boys individually and as a group. I do like. Now conceded nine goals in four games. Like, what, what's John Terry doing? A lot of them are set pieces.
3: John, but like Villa were an absolute shambles in defence last season as well. Before they decided to bring nine men behind the ball, like John <laughs> Terry's not a good defensive coach. Like he he was a very good defender, but there's a lot of very good footballers who aren't good coaches, and John Terry is one who's not a very good defensive coach, obviously. Um, by the way, I was just trying to make an innuendo there about John Terry.
2: <laughs> yeah I don't think we dragged the shoe into that <laughs> will, will Villa ever make it back into the Champions League positions well they've got a game in hand yeah will Villa ever make it back into the Champions
3: League positions <laughs> <laughs> they're playing Arsenal next they're playing Arsenal next yeah like I mean a, a positive way to look at the last two games is that Villa should have learned a lot <laughs> <laughs>
2: You should have learned a lot after the after the Leeds match. Like,
3: but I I I think it would be very easy for somebody to look at the Leeds game and think it was anomalous. Yeah, you know, like Leeds are Leeds are so mental that you you can't. I don't think you can learn any lessons from that because, like, you know what did Villa learn that they're susceptible to eight men going on a counter attack against them? Yeah, what, what, what's the point of learning that lesson until March whenever we're playing Leeds again? That's like, fair. That's not going to be a problem again. So, but tonight was something different because football has changed. Football has changed to being all energy. It is everybody's high pressing now, and they're all high pressing because they know the rewards are there. Defenses are all over the place. Managers haven't had a chance to to sort out their defenses in preseason. Um, so the the rewards that are to to push up and put people under pressure and try and nick the ball back, but like. And Villa were caught out badly with that tonight. Did they need to learn that lesson? Probably not, because they, they taught Liverpool the lesson. So it's bizarre that they were that they were so, so badly exposed tonight. But, you know, they should have learned a lot tonight. And hopefully they'll take that into the next game.
2: They might, yeah. Because you look at the Leicester game, when, when everybody was so focused for the whole match, like and, and they knew that they had to be. Yeah, maybe you can take the Leeds one in isolation. And then maybe, maybe today they got caught. And they also maybe under not underestimated them, but certainly weren't as tuned in for the whole match as they were. Like they they knew going to Leicester, like we we can't go behind, like we you know we can't switch off for one second or they'll punish us. Yeah, they didn't have that attitude against Southampton.
3: And and, and don't get me wrong, Southampton were far and away the better team tonight. And I know you you get goals from situations that you force yourself, but they did score from three set pieces. Two of them are you know direct free kicks into the top corner. Um. And they, and then Ings scores an absolute screamer as well. Like there's there's individual things, individual mistakes from Villa leading up to that. But you know, if you want it to be if you want them to take positives from it, it's like, you know, that was ner- like four 0 was was harsh.
2: So will they make it back into the Champions League positions?
3: No, I, I as I said all season, Villa will finish between 9th and fourteenth.
2: All right, last one. Who's lazier? This is a tough one. Ross Barkley or Matt Target?
3: Oof. Jesus Christ. Um Ross Barkley. Ross, Barkley so? Ross Barkley's been really pissing me off the last two games. Yeah. Um they, like I, I don't th- I don't think Matt Target is able for it. So I do as much as I hate Matt Target I I, I sometimes end up feeling sorry for him. Because you know Matt Hargis shouldn't be playing for Aston Villa.
2: Yeah, he's just slower and obviously unfit. Which the unfit is obviously a, a big part to blame for him. But it's not like he's not trying
3: during a match; he just can't do it. Yeah, he can't do it. Like yeah, but yeah, and you're, yeah, it's, that's definitely within his control before the match. Um, but Ross Barkley is a good footballer. What the fuck is he doing? He's wandering around the pitch, getting strangled by Southampton. Sort yourself out. Go out and try to control this game. The tide is coming against you. Swim harder. Don't just give up. Don't just start standing up closer to Ollie Watkins. What are you doing, mate? Your team is losing 4-0 against Southampton. And yeah, brilliant. Southampton stopped playing and you're fucking great now. What use is that to us? We're 4-0 down.
2: Mm. He... He... Gives up a, a lot, yeah, like in micro situations. And it's always often after he has a bad touch, which is completely his fault. He's a bad touch. So make sure you get that ball within your control. And if if his bad touch leads to a 50-50 or even even a, a 60-40 in his favor, he doesn't go for it. He, he, he literally stops. And one thing that worries me, because I know Grealish respects him and likes him, Grealish doesn't say anything to him. He was beside him a couple of times today. I think it led to the fourth goal where Barkley has a bad touch and just like, ugh. And not only does he not go after the ball and puts pressure on it, somebody just takes it away from him and Barkley watches him stream down the pitch and Southampton score because Mm -hmm. they're left three on
3: three up top. There was a really annoying one in the second half. I think it might have been 4-2 and Theo Walcott's clearance goes further back towards his own net. So he's in the box and he he slices it back to the centre half and Barkley is just He's lost the ball and he's just kind of standing there watching the ball, pinball around the box. Jesus Christ, man, React, it's falling to the defender right next to you. You you can get on that. If you're alive, if you're on your toes, you probably could have blocked off Walcott's uh, sliced clearance. But he's just standing there, having given up. It was so annoying. On a positive note, that, that Jack
2: Grealish goal was tasty. And it probably shows... He's got a lot more goals in him still to come. He's obviously delivering a lot now in terms of goals and assists, but just the way he can control goalkeepers from that angle, that far out, like you know, it just looks so easy. It look, it looked terrible from the keeper, but it was brilliant from Grealish.
3: Yeah, he uses he uses the defender and his own eyes brilliantly there. Yeah, and his body shape. It was it was a fantastic goal. Yeah,
2: I don't want to end this on a positive. That was fucking shit. <laughs> 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 it's Arsenal next. Villa really really need to improve. Do you have anything to add to that?
3: I think we will improve. I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's any way Villa can go out. If Villa, if Villa go out and play like that ever again, then there are serious questions to be asked about the, the attitude of the players and then, more importantly, what the management team is doing to correct that attitude. Because Villa can't just stumble along. They need help in the squad, but they can't just stumble along for the next nine games until January. You know, that, that you know, that we can't just be waiting to sign new players because that like clubs feelings and attitudes and approaches become endemic in a club and it spreads. You know, like you can you can have you can have bad, bad atmospheres in a club and it doesn't matter how many players you sign, if the if the if there's enough players in there with that it seeps in so quickly. They do need a lot of help in the transfer market, but I don't think I don't think that that this will go on for as long as you, you might be afraid it will go on. It it just can't. The players are good. I trust Dean Smith. I like Craig Shakespeare. John Terry's also there. Um like <laughs> I, I I I crack I think this will I, I think this will be sorted and I think you'll see a different villa against Arsenal. They're gonna be a lot more defensive. They're they're gonna they're gonna sit in, but <laughs> I wouldn't mind that because I'm fed up watching this at the well, moment exactly. exactly. Pick one pick one. Like either either press or sit back. Don't just do this half-hearted nonsense that you're doing at the minute, and has really badly exposed you. Because Arsenal are the same; they're cut from the same cloth as um, as Southampton. Not as much leads, but you know, similar. Like you, they're they're going to be in your faces, so you know, get ready for it. You've had two goals at this now.
2: Get ready for it; it's coming. Um, I just want to see Villa with a bit of character as well. At some point, I want them to stop being soft. I want them when they go behind that they I can actually feel like they might come back into the game and just. Based on last season's amount of points they gave up late on, like that's also something that's lingering in the back of my mind. Just about the character of them, like not being able to to see a match or just that that toughness, and maybe that that requires another another signing in January. You do need to fix something before then. But like imagine imagine just dropping a Martin Larson into that team now, or uh, or a Gareth Barry, you know, like just these 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 winners and and these pros who like they set the tone in the training ground and in the changing room, you know, at halftime, before games, after games, that I think that's just what they need now so they can move on to the next level.
3: I was actually thinking that just during the first half as well. Villa need to sign characters. And I, I don't mean fucking, I don't mean John Terry's. John McGinn. <laughs> I mean the good side of John Terry. I mean, like, you know, the, the leaders. Like, they've, they've got talent in the squad now. They do just need a bit more bite. They need somebody that whenever a game is going bad, just in-game intelligence, they need they need somebody with you know that just has it where it matters you know they, they've got it downstairs they they know they know how to control a game or even destroy a game whenever it's going in the wrong direction like you know Villa could have just fucking put in a few absolutely horrendous lunges in in that first half just to break up the way Southampton were playing they could have done something they could have done anything <laughs> do you know who has it downstairs
2: then? John Terry <laughs>